0: you have to understand that people at the top of the classroom need to have shared and lived experiences as the people in the class. Right. And if we are going to start getting more people in the door and introducing them to yoga and they are diverse, we have to open the door for the teacher at the top of the class too, because there's just no way that I can speak to generational wealth. I can speak about just love and light because My personal experience has been living paycheck to paycheck. My personal experience has been after George Floyd, not wanting to get out of bed, not feeling safe to go to movie theaters, grocery stores, and things like that. You may not say it explicitly in front of a class because it needs to be a brave and safe space, but you can connect and your dharma can help people feel seen and can remind people that what they're feeling is not an isolated feeling.
1: Hi, I'm Derek Mills. Welcome to the GLOW podcast. One of the great pleasures of hosting this podcast has been the opportunity to share the microphone with some of our GLOW teachers. Now for our new season of production, we're trying something new. We're opening up our guest hosting opportunities to our GLOW producers. I'm really excited to introduce today's guest host, Rachel Autumn. Rachel is one of GLOW's yoga and meditation producers, supporting many of our teachers through the full cycle of their class content planning and production on GLOW. In addition to her work on our team, Rachel is passionate about facilitating empowering, joyful, and safe, Heart centered experiences that simplify and normalize access to daily self care. She is a certified trauma informed yoga and meditation teacher, fitness trainer, and the founder of a wellness candle company called Pause Play Wellness. For those of you who have listened to my interviews with Glow teachers and wondered who it was on our team our teachers speak so lovingly about, well, Rachel is one of them. For her first interview, Rachel is hosting. Joe Murdoch. Joe started her fitness career in 2015, but before that, she danced at the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater as a dance major in high school and continued her dance training in ballet, modern dance, and jazz. Joe's mission as a yoga teacher is to bring yoga to communities that have been historically underrepresented within it. I deeply appreciate this conversation that you're about to hear. Rachel, I'm grateful to you for hosting this episode, and I'm looking forward to your future episodes. I hope you enjoy Rachel's conversation with Joe Murdoch.
2: Thanks, Derek. Um, I'm Rachel Autumn, and I can't wait to get started with my conversation with Joe. I wanted to invite Jo to the podcast to talk about her inclusive vision for yoga and her ideas for solutions to create more equitable spaces for all in the wellness industry. The Global Wellness Institute defines wellness as the active pursuit of activities, choices, and lifestyles that lead to a state of holistic health. And while this can indicate the individual's responsibility to make choices that create an overall landscape of health and vitality, we cannot ignore the very real challenges and barriers to entry within many of these spaces for folks from marginalized communities to find a sense of belonging and safety within these containers. Now, I had the immense honor of learning from Jo as she was one of my teachers during my 200-hour yoga certification. And I just see Jo as a force to be reckoned with, but what inspires me the most is her ability to kindly and lovingly invite people and businesses forward to action, whether that be with their policies, their dollars, their integrity as teachers, and the list goes on. Her level of personal accountability reflects back to our collective responsibility and the work we all can positively participate in when we think about creating safe spaces for everyone. I've seen Jo advocate for creating safe spaces in a multitude of ways, from starting a scholarship fund for yoga teacher trainings, to founding her nonprofit, which is called Reimagine Our Wellness, to further her mission of creating more opportunities for people of color and LGBTQIA plus folks in the wellness space. We'll dive deeper into these and more today on the podcast and discuss ways we can all work together to create more equitable containers.
0: Thank you, Joe. I feel like <laughs> that's it. Joe is a force to be reckoned with. Welcome. Thank you for having me. As soon as you said that part, I was like, yeah, I'm always here to shake it up. Um, and I'm here to explain why. and I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
2: Absolutely. Like I mentioned, having you as a teacher in my 200 hour was a game changer for me. Um, Our program really focused on social equity Mm -hmm. and yoga spaces, and you were a huge part of that dialogue and facilitating those conversations. Mm -hmm. And it has shaped my experiences as a teacher, as a producer here at GLOW, and just as a human being working with my own unconscious biases and working with others and approaching circumstances that I have felt excluded from, from a new point of view. Yes. And the responsibility that I have personally felt in holding space for others and making sure to acknowledge the differences that we all come to to the table with in the most equitable and, and safe ways possible. And you had a huge role in shaping that perspective for me. So thank you again.
0: Thank you. You're very, very welcome. I, I'm glad to hear that, right? You can create, you can do the work, you can put it out there. And I think as a yoga teacher, you sometimes hear as long as one person leaves your class with something, um, you've done the work. So it's, it's great to hear that from you um, because at least one person <laughs> has received um, and has moved it forward and, and taken it forward. So that's really great. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Joe. Yeah. So I'm really curious about how you even first got interested in the intersection of social equity and yoga specifically. Like, I'm curious if this was from your own experiences as a student mm. or if you saw the opportunity for this perspective shift in leadership? Once you started teaching and hosting teacher trainings, did you see that there was a gap in this, in this dialogue? And how did you even establish an interest in this topic?
0: Yeah. So I would say my first experience uh, with it was my own personal experience, but maybe not having the words for it or understanding the context um, I wanted to become a yoga teacher and do a yoga teacher training, but I couldn't afford it. Um, and so I had to start a GoFundMe to raise enough money for, uh, tuition in addition to applying for a partial scholarship. So got the partial scholarship, but still could not afford the remainder and then started the GoFundMe. And luckily was able to raise enough money to pay for everything, um, the remainder in my books. So I think that was my first experience without understanding the context, having these words, um, and knowing a lot about it. I just thought like, I don't have enough money for this. Not really understanding maybe why it costs Mm -hmm. what it costs and, um, the past and our history, why I don't have, this money either passed down by generations, um, or even the knowledge of like understanding investments, understanding just having financial literacy and being able to pay for it. So I think that was my first experience. And then when I, um, started teaching yoga teacher training at Y7 studio and meeting Amanda Gloria Valdez, um, the section, the lecture on social equity social justice, I think opened my eyes. And then I had the words and I'm like, Oh, snap. You know, I've just been living my life like, okay, when you want something, you have to work 10 times harder, you have to save your money, and then you can buy it, or you get a credit Mm -hmm. card, right? And you put it on a credit card, Mm -hmm. versus understanding uh, structures that were not built to support me, And my people in my past and my history, Um, not understanding that the structure and the institutions I'm trying to navigate weren't really built for me or didn't have any understanding of the past. So there maybe are sliding scales or Mm -hmm. more scholarships that instead of being partial, they would be full based on diversity, based on need, based on skill, uh, based on just community work and, and effort and volunteering. So I think one, personal experience, and then two, you, you jump into it, you have the knowledge, you have the words, then you can sit back and like look at your personal experience in a completely different way. And then third, yeah, figuring out how with what I've been through, what I now know, what I can do moving forward. So that's kind of how I've ended up in this space now.
2: Yeah. And I shared briefly a little bit, we're going to really get into it today about <laughs> your nonprofit called Reimagining Our Wellness, yeah. but that is what you're speaking to right now. It's, there has to be something at the root that shifts Yeah, because there are so many precursors that are involved historically, mm. so many nuances that exist before you as the individual decided to walk into a studio and pursue a training, there were all of these things that already existed before you that were walls or barriers to enter those spaces. Correct. Correct. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Thank you for sharing that. I'm sorry you had that experience that so many of us have had. I also have had that Very similar experience. I would not have been able to do teacher training with you without funding, uh, which I received from awakening yoga spaces. Mm. And um, there's people like yourself, like awakening yoga spaces that are seeing that gap. And most of it comes from personal experience and identifying that there is this real need. And then we see solutions rising and oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to discussing more solutions with you because oh yeah there's so many problems that we can <laughs> we can talk about all day but what can we do to move forward mm-hmm. and so in speaking to that we talked about briefly you just brought up about financial barriers yeah. did you ever witness barriers related to representation and visibility and maybe what you saw or didn't see in yoga spaces that uh, made you feel called to assume this position?
0: Yeah. um, So my background is in dance um, and like started out with competition dance. So it's very much high energy, lots of face, lots of drama, flirting with the judges, you know, jazz and tap. (laughs) Um, And so (laughs) yoga just seemed very slow and boring (laughs) to me. Um, So not interested at all. Of course, we stretch as dancers, but never the word yoga was brought up in the dance studio. Um, Fast forward to about 2017, I was living in Miami and I wasn't dancing and I wasn't really around my New York city community. So I didn't have friends that were like, Hey, I'm putting on a show. Do you want to be in it? Hey, I have a a production and we have a dance section. Do you want to be in it? So dance wasn't really coming to me and as available. Um, I needed to move my body badly, like losing my mind. Uh, And, Uh, At the time, a studio connected to my job uh, said, we'll give you free classes at a yoga studio. Okay, great. I go to the yoga studio and yeah, I was like one of three people of color in the studio. Um, That's kind of been my life. So it wasn't out of the norm for me. I've Mm. usually been like the token Black girl um, or one of less than five um, in a space. so. That wasn't an issue for me. It's something I was very familiar with. And I took class and I was like, okay, this is not that bad. It was a power vinyasa. I'm like, wow, you can sweat in yoga. You can like almost do choreography in yoga. And I think at that moment, I was like, this is not that bad. I think I'll come back. So I kept coming back. um, And again, just to move my body, just to get what I needed out of it. And it was not until someone in the class asked me after the class, when did I teach? I was like, when, when do I teach what? They were like, well, when is your (laughs) class? I'm like, I don't teach here. I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. practitioner like you. Um, and it wasn't until that question was asked, the seed was planted that I could teach it, but it wasn't because I saw myself in that room. And it wasn't because I saw any of the teachers that I took class from that looked like me. It wasn't until someone asked me directly based off of, I'm assuming, what they saw in class, mm-hmm. um, uh, my my practice, my asana. And, and that's when I said, oh, well, I could see why they'd ask me. Like, I've been using and moving my body since I was three in all these different modalities. Yoga is no different. It's new but there's an awareness that you need that I already have as a dancer. But it definitely wasn't because I saw myself in the top of the classroom or in the classroom. So that's the only time, only moment um, where it was like, hmm, maybe I could do this. No one ever Mm. outside of that room said, why don't you become a yoga teacher or anything like that? It was really just uh, peer to peer, uh, student to student. And that's when I was like, hmm. Okay, maybe we transition. Most dancers transition from dancer to choreographer. Um, and a few of them do transition from dancer to fitness instructor, but that just was never on my radar. I was gonna dance until I couldn't dance anymore. I wasn't really a big fan of being a choreographer either because I need to move. I didn't wanna just have my vision created. So I was like, wow, maybe fitness. Maybe I can move into this space of yoga. And that's, that's kind of where it happened.
2: Wow. I can relate Mm -hmm. in so many levels as a dancer as well, just having that movement component and that performance component that draws you in. And you mentioned the fact that someone else saw you in this, Mm -hmm. identified you in this and how that was a shape shifter in that moment for you. And I think that is so important and key. Yeah. In life, in general, sometimes we don't see ourselves as fit for a certain role or community, or maybe it would have caught up with you later in life after your Passively. dance career. Yeah, I'm sure it would have. Fa- it was meant to find you because the way you hold space as a yoga teacher is just so innate that it was going to find you. But the fact that someone identified and said, "Hey, I see this in you," even if they were not even consciously calling you forward <laughs> yeah, in that, yeah they were used in that moment to call you forward in that.
0: It's interesting how, like, I'm explaining that to you and what you pulled from it was someone saw that in me. And I'm telling you that I didn't see myself in right. that room, in the role or in that uh, space, the wellness space. And it took someone else externally, didn't know from a hole in the wall to see that, right? Um that that just got me to think like, how often do people around you, friends and family members as a minority, how often do they say, I see you in a role that doesn't have any representation? That person, I'm. let's say, let's play devil's advocate, I'm pretty sure they haven't seen many minorities teaching a class. But then you look at me and you say that, Oh, when is your class? You're asking me when is my class? It's so interesting. So think about like the environments, our communities. If we don't Mm -hmm. see ourselves in those rooms or in those roles as teacher, how often are the people around us going to say that about us if they too don't see themselves? So the woman who said that to me was a white woman, a Caucasian woman. So it wasn't another person of color saying, hey, when is your class? So that's wild that like you pulled that out of what I just said, because- how often does that happen?
2: Right. Zero Absolutely. to none.
0: <laughs> one, one out of a hundred. Me. Yeah.
2: It's <laughs> there, there she is. Yeah. yeah everybody. Wow. That is exactly what I'm gathering because it, it's yeah. And that person too, maybe, like you said, maybe they have not seen, they have not seen a person that looked like you yeah. in your body and your, your own unique expression holding that kind of space. Yeah. But all of a sudden when you appear, it's like well, duh, like mm. she didn't even or they didn't even have to think twice about that. And and that's what happens is sometimes we get robbed of the opportunity to even show up and test and learn so many people get the opportunity to test and learn this over here and this over there but like you said it's a high cost yeah yoga teacher trainings are premium and if you don't have access to those resources then or a yoga class sometimes is at a premium cost so if you don't even have access to that then how do you even begin to shop around to see yourself in that space to then try it out to test and learn and and go from there correct it's I think this is again is talking to your whole mission of reimagining wellness, and that that in that reimagining, there has to be a slate cleaning of some point Mm. where we all get to see things differently, like totally new eyes. I got um, LASIK done a couple of years ago, and it's like it's what I'm thinking of as the metaphor that comes Mm. to mind because it's just like new eyes. Like when I first got. The adjustment to having like perfect vision after not ever having great vision, always needing, I think my driver's license still says I need corrective (laughs) lenses. um but just always needing things to see yes that adjustment there was a learning curve after getting LASIK I woke up I would wake up after the LASIK and like put on my imaginary glasses Mm. like it was a routine that I was used to of waking up every day grabbing glasses from my nightstand and putting them on like you know pursuing the day and at the end of the day I used to tell my mom that I would take my glasses off and that was like Mm. That was my good night because I can't see like there's nothing to
0: see here. I'm going to bed now. I mean, me too. (laughs) I have contacts in at the moment. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And even to the point where I have to like ask my partner, where are my glasses?
2: (laughs) Can you hand them to me?
0: Because I can't even see that.
2: Yeah. Totally useless. So, but there was a learning curve because Mm. as soon as I was able to then adjust to a new way of being, a new way of seeing, it shifted everything for me. And So this is a
0: very watered down (laughs) Yeah, comparison to, to this, we need to see the wellness space with new eyes, for sure. For yes, sure, yes,
2: absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for sharing so many of those experiences yeah. with us.
0: Yeah.
2: So, Joe, I want to continue this conversation about financial barriers mm-hmm. to entry and how that sometimes is an obvious issue mm-hmm. in creating equitable spaces. And you were a part of finding, or I should say, creating and starting a scholarship fund in 2020 yeah. for IPOC and members of the LGBTQIA plus community. Can you share a piece of how that came to fruition? You shared earlier about your experience receiving mm. a part scholarship, and I can imagine that that was a part of your um reimagining through giving back and providing paying it forward yeah what you were able to use in pursuing training but what was that process like especially in the heat of 2020 when we (laughs) the heat it was hot and um obviously the pandemic ancestor george Mm -hmm. floyd and the mass scale of his public execution yeah Um, Can you share a bit about what that was like for you?
0: Yeah. um, So I was already a yoga teacher with Y7 at the time in 2020. Um, And, you know, I've always enjoyed Y7. Uh, It's one of the studios that... made yoga feel like it was more for me because it was, you know, beat bumping music. It was hip hop R and B. Um, and I personally like to do my yoga to that type of music. I'm like, I'm in an Afro beats, a era right now too. So like no Ooh. words, but like just beats mm. and lots of grounding shapes. Um, so it just, it, it felt more attainable and familiar because it, everything else about yoga was not familiar. Um, and yeah, 2020 got really, really hot and I don't, I don't remember the Instagram name or anything like that, but this one girl was really tagging me and like harassing me about being a teacher at Y7, um, when they started calling out every business that did not, um, highlight or represent, uh, black culture, brown culture, uh, in an equitable way. For, you know, we know what happened. And I was just like, ma'am, this is not my company. This is not my business. I am a teacher here and I teach here because X, Y, and Z. Um, So with everything that was coming up and coming out, you know, uh, Y7 stepped forward and was like, yeah, we need to do some work. And with that stepping forward, I also stepped forward and said, well, hey, can we figure out a scholarship program? They were like, we have one. I was like, you do? Well, let me look at it. Um, I'd like to see what this is giving. Um, and it was just a general scholarship available to anyone. And it was for partial payment of 200 uh, hour yoga teacher training. So um, when I was uh, invited onto the team, I joined the corporate team specifically for that uh, scholarship program. Yeah. I just like scrapped it. I was like, I received a, sp- a partial scholarship and that only took off partial stress. What is the point mm. of scholarship if it's not going to be full? Mm. It's a tease. It's, a, it's mm. just another reminder that you don't have enough money. So Ooh. it needs to be full. It needs to be a full scholarship. And like, what do scholarships do? It provides opportunities for folks who um, otherwise wouldn't be able to have the opportunity. So who are those people? Okay? Why right. is it just open to the public? Let's really tap in. Let's focus it on a demographic that we don't see as a yoga teacher that we don't see as a meditation teacher that we don't see at the top of that classroom. Let's focus in on that. Right. Then when we go from there, let's really tap into why that demographic of people should get it. Volunteer work, very clear barriers, um, around financial, um, stability, or just having the finances in general. Right. So, Do you volunteer? Do you already give back to your community? Because that's what yoga is. It's about community. Mm -hmm. It's about yoking. So you must already be doing that work. You're not getting the scholarship just because you're Black, just because you're Brown. You're getting the scholarship because you are doing the work already. You'd like to continue doing the work. And we understand that your culture, your ethnicity, your background, your people, your ancestors have been historically withheld from it, right? So all of these things... You know, I wrote it out in a proposal, perfectly fine. And it went through. Um, And that's how we like revamped um, the scholarship program and kind of, I personally feel like brought it back to life where it's like, oh, Y7 does have a scholarship. Mm. As a teacher there, I did not know about the scholarship before I came on board. And that could be my lack of research. Um, It could just be, you know, lack of conversation and bringing it up. But I feel like now, you know, that there's a scholarship available at Y7, you know, that it's four times a year, and you know who to talk to, if you want to find out more information about it, right? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, So that's, that's how that came about. Um, And ever since then, I want to say we've graduated over 40 45 folks from the scholarship program and they're doing wild, wild and amazing things from like drag yoga to tarot yoga. Yeah, okay. Um, so we, we have uh, Asian American folks that have graduated. We have men, black men that have graduated. We have trans folks that have graduated. Um, mm-hmm. We have folks who were are were teachers, elementary school teachers Mm. that became yoga teachers now and can put that in their day to day with their students. Right. Mm. And again, if we're looking at traditionally what this was giving um, or maybe what the stereotype is, let's say what the stereotype is. These were like just women who had time and space to become yoga teachers and taught in studios. My philosophy has changed. I do not care about the people who are going to yoga studios to do yoga, you know, yoga, you understand the benefits of yoga, you can find a studio and you can afford that studio. I care about people who cannot get to a yoga studio who cannot afford to teach at uh, to take class at a yoga studio. And or like yoga teacher training. And our scholarship recipients teach in schools. So they're planting that seed with kids, super young, mm-hmm. right? You plant that seed, and we hope that by the time that they are adults, there are more opportunities for them to afford yoga or become teachers. We have um, folks who graduate from the scholarship program and they wanna go into prisons, female prisons, and teach to um, the women there, uh, lawyers who want to introduce it to their fellow lawyers because it's a high stress workplace, work environment, Um, doulas who are now incorporating yoga into their practice and what they offer to their birthing folks, you know? So like the scholarship program has, has like grown these uh, tentacles and have uh, reached into different sectors of wellness, but also, (laughs) Everything like lawyers, teachers, students. Yeah. We're not just like, oh, in the meditation space and we're everywhere now. And it's because the folks who are free all day and just want to become a yoga teacher and teach in the studios aren't the only ones that are becoming yoga teachers. We have right. folks from every walk of life with all different types of interests becoming yoga teachers and they're bringing that yoga yogic knowledge into their workplace and even into their families and then into their communities and it's wild it is just so wild and just from Y7 scholarship alone I can see and I know that it's needed and we still need more but the proof is already like in the pudding as they say the proof is there and I see it every time we graduate a cohort every semester to just see what they're doing now. I have one of our other graduates, not a scholarship recipient, um, but just launched a yoga retreat. And I was like, all right, let me click the link, click the link to read about the retreat. And do you know they have a scholarship available for BIPOC and LGBTQIA plus folks? They Mm -hmm. paid for their 200 hour with Y7. But they are wow. paying it forward, even not not as a scholarship recipient. They're paying it forward, having a retreat, and there is still an application. There's still a spot for someone to have that paid for so that they can attend, and that's the work. Mm. That's the work. Wow,
2: and that's only what you can trace because that's not even everything. I'm sure that's just at the surface. Mm-hmm. So. First of all, congratulations to you, the team, and everyone that's involved in that. That's remarkable. Again, I too would not have been able to afford a 200-hour training with you, with Y7, where I also teach now without having uh, that funding and that modeling from teachers like yourself on what to then do. Like you said, you're not being awarded this scholarship because you're because you're black and and then there's no call to action after that. There is something that needs to be done with this. And what you just shared is just so remarkable. I'm so proud of you and happy for everything that has come from that.
0: Yeah. Thank I you. I
2: wanna thank you. No, truly. <laughs> and again, you spoke to I remember in our teacher training, you I tell me if I'm wrong, but Mm. I remember you leading the chakras. Yeah. Yeah. And you have such colorful language on speaking (laughs) to the energy centers of the body. I wish we had time Mm. for maybe we do. Maybe Joe can walk us through like a little poetic just up (laughs) the main chakras because it's so beautiful. It's so scrumptious Ooh. is how you describe them. I love scrumptious so much flavor. Yes. It's a lot of flavor. And I, I bring this up to say, I remember you articulating like that channeling of root chakra energy of that is the foundation. That's the basis from which all can blossom yes. through and without feeling safe, without that stability that is created in the roots that is then harnessed and protected Mm -hmm. by your own practices, by community. It takes a community. It takes a village. We're we're not able to freely create and be in our then sacral energy and then up in our solar plexus, in our power. And I remember you sharing that. And I know it's not a linear thing per se, but there is so much connected to the root and having that root seen, heard, Mm -hmm. protected, fortified, Mm -hmm. so that you can then grow and establish. So everything you've shared, these tentacles of this wellness web that have come from this scholarship program and so many other things that you've been a part of, it has created space for people to creatively share this gift, which is ultimately just tools to help people people, like peopling is hard.
0: (laughs) Like Adulting is hard. It is. And I'm glad glad you brought that up about the chakras because diversity in the wellness space, visibility, representation in the wellness space is a root chakra problem. Mm -hmm. We don't feel like we belong there because we don't see ourselves there. We do not feel safe there. And it's a place of healing because we don't see anyone else that looks like us there. Right. Mm -hmm. Then, A little bit deeper you might not see people who look like you your teacher might not look like you what is your teacher saying what's the dharma right every yoga class Mm. can't be love and light every yoga class can't just be let go of the week you've had well this week i may have lost my job well this week i may have realized that you know i work off of hourly pay and my boss cut my hours I can't just let that go. And if your teacher at the top of that class has no experience in fin- like um, living paycheck to paycheck, for example, uh, they don't know what that's like, or they don't have any understanding of uh, not having a trust fund. And I'm, I'm zooming out, right? I don't want to just course. I'm not course. trying to be that person, but you have to understand that People at the top of the classroom need to have shared and lived experiences as the people in the class, right? And if we are going to start getting more people in the door and introducing them to yoga and they are diverse, we have to open the door for the teacher at the top of the class too, because there's just no way that I can speak to generational wealth. I can speak about just love and light because. My personal experience has been living pay te- paycheck to paycheck. My personal experience has been after George, George Floyd not wanting to get out, not wanting to get out of bed, not feeling safe to go to movie theaters, grocery stores, mm-hmm. and things like that. You may not say it explicitly in front of a class because it needs to be a brave and safe space, but you can connect, and your dharma can help people feel seen and can remind people that what they're feeling is not is- an isolated feeling. Right. Mm. And that's, that's where I'm coming from with like, it's a root chakra situation, the wellness industry as a whole, we are talking about healing. We're talking about elevating. We're talking about getting to the top chakra, uh, crown chakra, but no one is supporting the root. How the heck are we going to get to the crown? <laughs> Come on. It's impossible.
2: Exactly. I mean, you said it so articulately, like you can't skip steps. And also you never know when that student that comes in that has that teacher that is speaking in a way that feels very bypassing Mm. of other experiences Mm. And then that might be that one instance that you gave it a chance and then you just never return because it is such, it does more damage. The wellness industry can be very unwell and cause more, more pain, more hurt. Like you said, a partial scholarship sometimes is a reminder of, wow, I still can't do this or have this. Like I still don't. And then sometimes that results in a frame of mind that I don't deserve this, I'm not worthy of this, which is absolutely not true. But that is the wheel that it keeps you in. And then here is this tool that could support you in that self-regulation, not in bypassing or acknowledging the fact that you have very real, historically related, Mm -hmm. perpetuated systems, your own lived experience and traumas, all of that in this mosh posh, like this pit of what makes you, you along with the beauty, your gifts, your amazing experiences, your expansive experiences. If you don't have, if you don't have that opportunity to be seen Mm. in these spaces and, and be reflected by what you see also in body, uh, I don't know the proper term for it, but body diversity shapes, yeah. body shapes, people's mm-hmm. bodies. Like for both of us, we're both former dancers. We have athletic builds, but even that sometimes muscles, <laughs> See, yeah. muscles to certain people don't, they don't want, they feel that their body might look like your body and they don't want that per se. Mm-hmm. If you are their teacher, or
0: if you don't look like the teacher that that class is too hard or that class is not for you. Right.
2: Exactly. Yeah. There's,
0: there's a lot that goes into how you show up and how you arrive in that space. So thank you for saying that because it's not just black, brown, trans, gay, lesbian. It's, it's not just that it's, are you, um, able bodied? Hmm. Do we have teacher, do we have yoga teachers in wheelchairs? Do we have yoga classes for folks in wheelchairs? Right? Um right. one of the teachers at Y7, we both auditioned at the same time and we both got hired. Uh, I wanna say Angelica is like 6'4. Do you know Angelica? I think Familiar? Does Angelica
2: teach on the online platform. Yes,
0: yes, yes.
2: Yes. Then yes, yes. I know, I know Angelica through the internet.
0: <laughs> okay, and so like I was listening to her speak at one point, I- I'm t- I'm super tiny. My whole life I look like a-, a 12-year-old boy. I am about to be 34 in a couple weeks, right? I can only teach from this body, and I can only learn from hearing other teachers teach in their bodies. And forward fold. We know what a forward fold is. We can understand bend your knees, drop your head, breathe belly to your thighs. Uh see how that feels. Angelica taught it one time and as a bigger woman, as a taller woman, she said, move your breasts in your forward fold. I don't have much breast, And that is not a <laughs> cue that I would ever offer right. because I don't have that experience. What yeah. happened to all the women in the room, female bodied people in the room who have breasts and they're feeling like their forward fold is choking them in my class? Because I'm not saying those things because I don't know to say those things. This is the diversity we need, right? We need Angelica's. We need folks who are in wheelchairs so that they can teach specifically. We need folks with everything going on. So it is very much a bigger and wider situation so that we're all feeling included. And yeah, I just don't know what I don't know. And when I heard that, I was just like, wow, I feel bad like I I I feel stupid in a way because I try to be so mindful but I just I don't I don't have that body to understand and to experience it right or even laying Mm. on your back Mm. what does that feel like when you are a full-figured woman and I I can't cue that and you're like laying on my back doesn't feel good Joe and every damn class you want to start laying on your back to breathe and it's it's too much, right? Mm. Now I know mm. if laying on your back doesn't feel good, come to a seat, lay on right. your side, preferably the right side. And we can right. start class there. So the diversity really goes so deep and, I, and we, could, we could talk for hours about it.
2: Joe, we spent some time talking about financial wellness Mm -hmm. and opportunities to support students of all backgrounds, of queuing and teachers' responsibilities as well. I would love to talk about what you can do as a student to create a sense of safety within your experience, because Mm -hmm. sometimes when we arrive in spaces, like you said, we're not in control of the conditions that we're walking into, we're not always in control of what's going to be said and how our lived experiences are going to then cause a response uh, within us. So what is it that we can do as students who are vulnerable in these spaces that aren't fully safe and conditioned yet to hold space for all safely? What can we do if you are in, if you find yourself maybe in a neighborhood, in an environment where you don't see yourself represented, but you have this yearning or Mm -hmm. desire to be a part of this practice, what, what might you do?
0: Yeah, I would say to those folks, start now, start yesterday. Because one thing that uh, was beautiful that came out of the pandemic is virtual learning and virtual spaces. And so you know, you may be called to Y7, right? And uh, you you may like the music and you may like the the vibe and, and the flowing hard aspect of it. I would say if maybe you're not seeing yourself represented in some classes, in some areas where we have the studio, virtual, right? Your home, I'm going to assume, I hope, is a safe space for you, right? Start there. Start now. Get familiar with yourself. Get familiar with your body in your safe and in your brave space. Don't worry about needing a whole empty room. You don't need that. You need your mat. Essentially, you are supposed to be practicing on your mat because if we were really giving yoga, you are right next to someone else anyway. Okay. So all you need is a space for your mat and I invite you to start now. Get on it. Find a virtual space that serves you. There are also, for the BIPOC community, so many amazing yoga teachers on YouTube. It is free 99, okay? I have a handful of teachers of color on YouTube that I was inspired by to start my own YouTube channel to teach yoga. Um, they know what they're doing. They are certified. They are safe. They are queuing accordingly. They're giving the Dharma that uh, is based off of lived and shared experiences as a minority. So I would say you can start there and start in those spaces. You do not need anything fancy, right? Yoga also started with a carpet. If all you have is carpet, do the yoga on the carpet. I do understand yoga mats are also like an expense and things that are expensive. You don't have a yoga block, get a book. Okay. Get cans of beans. They are great supports for under your hand. Like go to your kitchen, go to your pantry. You can do the yoga at home and nobody is judging you because you're getting what you need. So I would say, start there. Then from those virtual spaces, I personally believe yoga builds confidence, right? And when you get to that point where you're like, all right, I know warrior two. I know down dog. I know half moon. I know these names and I can connect the names to movements. Find a studio, research, take your time because you're still doing it at home in your virtual brave and safe space. While you do that, research spaces that um, have di- diverse teachers um, that have classes that are maybe pop-ups here and there where it's like an r and class, whatever, like floats your boat, research, go out. And what I would say is when you finally take that step into a public class, invite a friend to go with you if you can. Um, I think it is very challenging um, to, to go out alone. I'm speaking from experience, right? Like social back, battery drains very quickly and also just anxiety, social anxiety. So find a friend who might be interested and go with them that first time. Right. And I say that because that first time may not resonate and it may not land. And it's always just better to have someone there to support you also to bounce things off. Did you feel weird? Oh, you felt okay. Did you notice that? Hmm, right. And then y'all can talk about it and conversate. So you're not just in your head, like, oh my gosh, this was a get out moment. This yoga studio was given get out. No, maybe maybe it's the anxiety, right? Maybe it's just the nervousness. So go with a friend. And then after oh. you go with a friend, let's say it is a good experience. You like it, you want to go back. I think it, there is a responsibility, spe- specifically for minorities to speak about it. Please speak about it. If you uh, find a space that feels good, share it. It may not feel good for everyone else, but it, it might for three other people, right? Um, I think that's also where we're kind of missing. Uh, the When you find something, stop the gatekeeping. Just cut it out, right? Share that studio. Give that studio a review. And be very clear in the reviews. It was diverse. The music was great. There are music from this culture, that culture, right? The teacher, get into it. Not the class was great and I got a good sweat. Thank you. But can we get a little deeper because this is what gives, these are the cues and these are the words, the keywords that when reading a review, people may say, I'll try that out, right? Um, Lovecraft Country, that show, I don't think it's still Mm. on air. I don't remember the character's name, but he was working on a guidebook for people of color to travel the United States, I believe it was, and to know where there are safe places for people of color to stop for food, Mm -hmm. for gas, um, uh, and to stay out of like sundown towns and things like that. Why did that stop? (laughs) Like we, we, we need that guide for the wellness community as well. So share Mm. those reviews, you know, like speak about it, bring your friend, bring another friend. And I know everybody's not the most excited to go take a yoga class over a happy hour over a brunch, but connect it. Let's go do yoga. They have showers there. Then we go to brunch, right? It is our responsibility to, to make noise about not being represented, but it's also our responsibility to then like do that work, right? Talk about it, bring people, invite people. I enjoyed it. It felt safe. Come with me. I think you'll like it. So think that's kind of how you can you can navigate it. Start yesterday, <laughs> start now. you can you can get in there and you can get so much from the virtual space. When you're feeling confident enough, you step out with someone and find that in person and public space and then talk and share and invite, right? And that is how we keep it going.
2: Thank you for sharing that. I think that a lot of people will resonate with that especially if we're on the Glow podcast, we've got a lot of listeners who I'm sure are members of Glow, which is an online platform. And I've seen you grow your online platform. Actually, fun fact, I forget this, but Joe and I have never actually met in person before. (laughs) (laughs) But that's to say that you... You light up the online space in such a profound, big way that I don't even, I feel connected to you. Yeah. And there are so many teachers like you, like teachers on GLOW, who I get to work with as a mm. producer that touch the hearts of so many on the, produ- on the production end of GLOW. I'll just share a little behind the scenes for our GLOW community that's listening. Um, I get to to be a part of reading a lot of the comments that are shared and I love what you shared then about the um, sharing of knowledge, of information, because for all of those who are listening, who share those comments, they are heard and they are received and they are then interpreted into future content with teachers here on GLOW. Mm. We give feedback to teachers and allow them the opportunity to get this perspective from someone who bravely shared it, especially online. Now we do have internet trolls, not at Glow, but in general, just online, there are some trolls and people do take that, uh, they take advantage of the opportunity to, to ruffle feathers, if you will. But there is a way of constructively sharing what it is that worked for you, what it is that didn't. And here at Glow, I just want to encourage people to continue doing that those comments aren't uh, public facing, but they do get to the teachers and they mm. get to our team. Mm. But then like you're speaking to the public facing comments that you get on a class pass yeah. or on that studio site is essential to maybe someone's decision to come or not to come. Um, and if I could
0: to add, a class, sorry, not to, Please. You if I can add like Yelp is great. The reviews on the website. Great. Uh, class pass. Great. Mind body. Great. Hello, social media. If I wanna to go to a new place and let's say I'm looking for ramen, I am going to TikTok because then <laughs> this person is giving me the ambiance. I'm getting the, the video of the place. I can see the food that they ordered, how it's presented, right? They may not be um, a five-star Michelin review person, but they're gonna let me know if it was good or not, if the waiter was nice or not, right? So get on these platforms that we're already utilizing. Get on your reels on Instagram or posts, and get on your TikToks, and like that's also a place for you to leave a review, you know, and you don't have to worry about the studio um, flagging it or taking it down or it getting lost uh, on Yelp or just on their website. Cause you also have to find the website of the studio to see those reviews, but use your social media platforms and use those hashtags because then someone randomly not knowing the name of the yoga studio, but just typing in yoga studio, for example, or diverse yoga, for example, will find it and then they can get that review. So yeah, just like think of all the things that have popped off since 2020 and start using them to Help us build root chakra energy in the wellness space, uh, brave spaces, safe spaces, affordable spaces, sliding scale spaces, all of that. Yes, get on the socials. Yes, <laughs> yes. Get and on if the you socials. need, we'll we'll
2: definitely get your socials at the end of our episode. But. If you need any tips, inspiration, Joe's socials are are popping. And I want to speak to just the other side. So we're talking about how students can find safe places of refuge within their homes or wellness sanctuaries at home, then getting that courage to go out into the world and find those classes. I want to learn a little bit more about your point of view on, it's maybe a two-part question on teachers. Yes. Two things here one what do you think is the responsibility of teachers to create these resources for Mm -hmm. students like should teachers in your opinion or I don't like to use the word should but would you invite teachers to create more free content like what yourself and be able to reach people that they might not get in their neighborhood studio that's one part and then the other part is I'm curious what you do to take care of yourself as a teacher especially a teacher of color and of who has been a part of these experiences, um, helping support this change and this era- reimagining of wellness? At some point, burnout sometimes can lurk, and you're having your own experience too within these unsafe places sometimes. Yeah. So, what, again, just because I, I know I went off on a little tangent. <laughs> what can teachers do to be a part of creating that content on a mass scale? And then what can they do to take care of themselves better?
0: Yeah. I think that's a great question. And I think that too, part of like, what do the, what does a practitioner do or can do? Yeah. Teachers, teachers have a very big responsibility. Um, You know, hopefully in your 200 hour training, you learned the history (laughs) of yoga, right? Not just the shapes and getting upside down and the fancy Instagram pictures and stuff like that. Um, And so you are understanding that this was something that was done in community for free in groups, right? You're understanding that it is meant to bring people together with mind, body, and spirit, and that it should have never been charged. We should have never ever and should still not be paying for yoga. But here we are now, okay? What is your responsibility as a yoga teacher? One, you do need to take care of yourself. We talked about how expensive yoga teacher training is. You probably won't pay that off for a couple years teaching yoga. So let's keep it real. You need to find a job that will pay you. So find a yoga studio or multiple that will sustain your way of living, your life, health insurance, um, food on your table, uh, a roof over your head. In addition to that, I do think there are so many creative ways to uh, get yoga out there at a sliding scale and or donation based and or free. And I do think it's the responsibility of every person that calls themselves a yoga teacher to figure out a way that makes sense for them to have that available that does not um, include burnout and does not stop them from eating or living in a safe space or having the things that they need. Right. So there is like a little bit of a tug and a uh, tug of war. Uh, what I'll say is, and I've always been transparent about this. I've had my YouTube channel for since 2017. Right. And it's taken some time to grow. Um, and I've, I've said it on like multiple reels and multiple platforms. I need a check from YouTube. I am working my ass off. So YouTube can pay me for the yoga content that I've been putting on that platform so that I don't ever have to ask people to pay me for the free yoga or like the yoga I'm putting on YouTube because that is specifically for the community we've been talking about today that wanna start but don't feel safe enough in spaces. Go to your living room and turn it on and take yoga with me for free, right? I don't wanna have to to charge you. So I'm working my behind off to, to do this work so the people who I know can afford it Can pay me, right? YouTube can afford it. My community cannot, not right now. So that's what I'm saying. Find those spaces, navigate those spaces where there is income, where there is money, and do what you need to do. Outside of that, it does not need, you don't need to change the world. It can be um, five minute videos on Instagram. It can be gentle reminders about the eight limbs of yoga, right? The, the yamas and the niyamas. How can you get this knowledge out there that does not burn you out? So yes, which is what I'm, I'm trying to do with the nonprofit, right? Flojo Yoga for profit. When I work with corporations, um, this is the other part of it. As a yoga teacher, as a yoga teacher of color, with the trainings that I have done and paid for and with my background in dance, if I'm reached out, someone reaches out to me, if the price is not my price, I say that. I think that's also something very important that yoga teachers need to say, which helps you offer sliding scale donation or free things to your community. Name your price and stick to your price. Mm. If it's a no, something else will come because they're, it, it, it's already happening. People are already looking at you and reaching out to you. They're not the only one. And so when bigger companies who have the funding, who have the money, ask me to do something. And if it's not what my rate is for myself, I let them know that. I let them know what I need, what I deserve, right? So that I can Mm -hmm. set myself up to continue to live. And again, it's basic needs that I'm asking. I'm not looking for a yacht. I'm not looking to buy a a vacation home. This is what I need to survive and be able to support my community and the communities that I know have been historically underrepresented and withheld from the wellness space. So um, what is it? I don't want to butcher this, but it's like, it's not Peter, Robin Hood right Mm -hmm. you need to do what you need to do and it's not stealing it's it's asking for what you deserve it is asking for what you deserve this is my rate thank you so much huge names have emailed me and given me a price and my heart is beating my hands are sweating and i reply back well this is actually my hourly rate i would love to work with you but this is what i require as compensation less than an hour later the email comes back with okay it is, it's, wow. they can say yes, they can say, okay, right? Right. And I do also understand that there may not be that understanding of like standing up for yourself and negotiating. It's like, oh my God, someone offered me something as a teacher of color. Let me snatch it up and take it. That's not how you can um, right. do your part as a yoga teacher. Right. Okay. If they have it, you make sure that it meets your requirements so that you can survive. The, you can only give back and you can only do this work if you are surviving. Right? right. I don't expect. That root chakra. Yeah. I don't expect and I don't ask and I don't force any yoga teacher to start teaching for free if you can't eat, if you can't pay your bills. No. No, that's, right. that's a horrible cycle. That's a horrible thing to expect them to say. But if you are in a space and you have these opportunities where bigger brands are reaching out, make sure it meets your requirements. Do not ever take anything. That's your responsibility to not take anything, just to have this brand's name attached to you. Because once mm. you've done what you've done with them, it's gone. And then what? Right. And then
2: it's causing, you know, the next person of color or just the next person that they reach out to this, this standard is set, it's probably how they were able to come to you in the first place because someone else, and that's the same in the dance industry. I experienced Mm -hmm. a lot of, I know you experienced of, there's always going to be someone who will do it for free. And so then it keeps continuing to just perpetuate that system of never, it never arriving at a fair compensation.
0: There, yeah, exactly. I, this wasn't a yoga or well, it was kind of a wellness business, but they emailed me and they were like, hey, we want you to come in and experience our offering. Um, but we need like three Instagram posts. We need like four reels and a TikTok and then a bunch of still photos for free. <laughs> I was like, are they Listen. nuts? But what I will say is I said, this is my rate. Per all the things you've asked, that's a lot. They came back and they said, okay, are you willing to do this amount of work for free? I said, no, I just told you what my rate is for what you're asking, not less work, this work, the the new thing you emailed me that still comes at a cost. And do you know that teachers around me that work for the Y7, I saw them a few weeks later doing the post and doing the work with this brand and this company. And I had to sit back and I'm like, are they doing it for free? Or did they push back and ask for a certain amount of money for these Instagram reels and posts and things like that? And I didn't go to those teachers and ask, but like, we all are teachers at Y7. Okay. Or Mm -hmm. um, connected to uh, Lululemon and the brand. And I'm in very, very, very close proximity. I have these teachers' phone numbers. We text, we talk, we've done events together. And I'm just sitting back and I'm like, I wonder, I wonder what happened Mm. because they did not respond back. But I am seeing the the work that they asked for happen and being produced. and And I hope, right, what I just said to you, I do hope that that teacher could do it at their rate. Maybe it wasn't as expensive as me or they could do it for free but still have the capacity to not get lost in that world and give back. So it will right. happen. You, you will get the ghosting. You will miss opportunities, but you aren't missing a meal. You aren't mm. missing a, a credit card payment or payment for your mortgage or rent, you know? And like, what, what is a priority? Being yeah. root chakra secure in your home and your financials and your well being, or like having your face attached to this brand for the moment and then not doing the work.
2: Mm,
0: yeah. There's a lot
2: of affiliation <laughs> compensation. I'll say where there's brands that think just the fact that you are affiliated with this name, then it should be more than enough. But like you said, yes. especially for yoga, if you're using the these images and our likeness for for Yoga. Yeah. And that is to p- promote this th- these wellness tools over here. And mm. then on the back end, it's causing harm. Okay. Ahimsa. Mm. It's causing harm. And we're here to to create non-harm. It's you have to think about it from off fronts, from the student, from the teachers, yeah. Yeah. from businesses' points of view. There's a lot of people at the table that create and continue whatever is going on within our wellness industry that is very harmful to a lot of people and i i want to transition to your nonprofit yeah. reimagine our wellness because yeah. again that is exactly what you are calling forward of people to reimagine it cannot be i believe in your mission statement it can't be the same access it's a new level of access Mm -hmm. And I encourage anyone listening to go to her website that we'll share later so you can read the mission statement because she actually has italicized (laughs) and underlined and bolded. Okay, circle, squiggly lines so that you, you know, three or four times for the people in the back, Mm. what is needed to have these actions made and sustained because there are a lot of things that happen, re 2020, a lot of businesses, you know, some people posted their black squares and then some people did a little bit more, but in 2023, 2024 now, how much of that has sustained? Mm, So I want to learn, I want to, yes. So I want (laughs) to learn more about Why you I, I feel like we know why you launched Reimagine Our Wellness, but what is your vision for Reimagine Reim- Our Wellness? Yes. And what are you inspired to create moving forward when you prompt others to reimagine what wellness could look like?
0: Ooh, yes. So um reimagine our wellness, I wanna say is the second like manifestation of me paying it forward. My first one I think was with Y7 and revamping and and relaunching the scholarship program. The second iteration now is same idea, a scholarship program for BIPOC and LGBTQI um, plus folks, but I'm an Aquarius. So my son is just lit up in the space of community that's what the sign is about the the revolution right the rebellion that's why you started off the podcast saying what you said i'm like yes and i will tell you why i am always ready to shake things up um initially i just wanted to apply for grants with this nonprofit, get funding to then disperse the money out for folks to uh, become yoga teachers meditation teachers wellness practitioners like doulas, even. Um, I just wanted to be the funnel, get the money, push it back out, right? And as we're about five months old, we're very, very young. And um, as my Aquarius brain has been thinking and seeing and experiencing things for myself in the wellness space that are unfair, that are unjust, that have no explanation, but expect you to just take it and deal with it. Um, the vision has expanded. And, um, even in this conversation, just more workshops, right. Where we are teaching, uh, people of color, wellness practitioners of of color, like once you get your 200 hour, like what next, what does it look like to create a brand for yourself? What does it look like to really sit down and narrow who your people are and who you want to do this work for? Right? Like my vision is very narrow. BIPOC and LGBTQIA plus in the wellness space at the top of the class. That is who I am focusing my energy and that's what the nonprofit is for. When you have gotten past that step of becoming um a facilitator in the wellness space, What does your business card look like? Or are you word of mouth? Where are you teaching? Community centers, virtual. What does it look like to buy a camera, to buy a microphone? What does it look like to set up your background? I think Reimagine Our Wellness is going to grow into um, a space where we do give out those grants and scholarships. We are offering classes and events that are free. I would love to keep them free. Um, for folks to attend. So they see yoga, they see sound bowl, they see meditation, yoga nidra, whatever, right? Um, also, these moments, these trainings where you learn how to, the business of yoga. We all, you know, as a, as a people, historically, we also don't have um, these conversations about even just Asking for more when something is offered, right? Mm -hmm. Negotiation. What does it look like to be a private yoga instructor? Oh, well, this is my rate. Well, did you factor in travel? Did you factor in, um, yeah, travel to and from? Did you factor in uh, if you have a full-time job and yoga is a thing on the side, what it means to leave work early to take this private client? Are you factoring in uh, still paying off Possibly a training that you just did to uh, be able to charge this amount of money. So like the, the unspoken things, I really want Reimagine Our Wellness to become a hub, a learning hub, uh, a support system, um, and, and, and an experiential space. So you'll get the yoga, you'll get the meditation, you'll get whatever. You'll get the knowledge, like that pillar as well and then you'll also hopefully get scholarships and opportunities financial opportunities to grow more so that's kind of where it's ha- where it has grown because it was really just uh i want to give out scholarships and and i'm seeing that like you have to continue to support right get you give out the scholarship you you become a yoga teacher now what because we're now new to this space we said we weren't there we're here. Now we're new. What's my brand? What's my mission? Who are my people? How do I get specific? How can I tighten it up? How can I build this, the foundation so that it keeps going? And I am an example for someone else. And then if they reach out to me, I can talk to them about it. Just like those reviews I was talking about, like I'm doing it. Can I reach out to Joe and ask her some questions? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I have that information now. It's not like Joe's a yoga teacher. You hit me up and I'm like, you know, I'm just trying to figure out the business of yoga myself. And I don't know this, this brand has been using my photo and I don't get any like money from it. Or... No, we're going to talk about it. So I think it's going to really expand within this year of like, what are my pillars outside of just giving out money? Right.
2: Mm. You've done a lot of programming. I actually didn't know that you're only five months old because yeah you have can you share some of the programs that you have launched already and yeah um, what the, how those have been i've seen some of the images and videos but i think this community would benefit from hearing
0: Yeah. so we had our first event in october um, on the 22nd last year and um yeah just to put it out there and to have something in person in new york city um partnered with amanda gloria valdez and a couple folks within her community uh we had nine folks we had trans folks we had a really great representation at the front of the room Um, my cousin was the photographer he's a black man right so like every aspect that you can think of was people of color and just diversity in and of itself Um, and so that was our first like yoga and sound bowl and we had a moment where we journaled and reflect on transformation and transmuting that energy it was Scorpio season um, and then we—I just launched um, every month, starting now in January. There'll be a virtual offering, right? Because I—I I really want Ro Reimagine Our Wellness to be something that is not just New York City and for folks in the five boroughs. I want you to be able to experience it from anywhere. And I'm a up and down the coast girl. Anyway, I used to live in Miami. Um, I have a lot of friends and family in DC, like making our way up in Atlanta and in New York. So I want to make sure that we're all supported and we're all acknowledged. So that's, um, coming down the pipeline that'll be happening every month. Um, and then I've had the opportunity to kind of connect and jump in and join in on other people's events as uh, like a support system. So Ro, you know, getting visibility and getting the, the word out there. Um, I have an event coming up in two weeks. Um, that's more like a safe space for folks who would normally go out and drink, socially drink um, and party uh, and who are, tired of that (laughs) like I'm tired of that and it's just a space to to kind of talk about what you don't want to do anymore and like what you actually need and and Ro will be in on that and supporting the setting the tone of that conversation it can be a hard thing to talk about um, making sure everyone feels good and safe in those spaces Um, in addition to that just seeing what it looks like to work with you know, Amanda, you know, Amanda Gloria, the ideas are abundant, right? The mm. network is wide and deep. Um, even some of my fellow Lululemon ambassadors, they're doing amazing things for the community, um, and launching new initiatives and just finding out how I can support CultureCon. right? Took a risk, emailed all the emails I could find, related to culture con and asked for tickets and gave those to the the row community so that they can be in spaces that are for people of color and, and, and content creation and um, becoming an entrepreneur. And that was like really great. I didn't think that that would turn into anything. And all you got to do is ask, all you got to do is open your mouth. Um, I've also been not so much collaborating or connecting, but when I do see wellness offerings, I will research to see if there is a scholarship option. And if there is not, I will email and ask, have you considered? Are you open to that? Mm-hmm. And most people are like, yeah, I just didn't think of it. Or like, I'm so busy and it's no malice. But like when you, when you have someone just checking in, that's also the work that I'm doing. Like I told you one of our graduates, I said, let me check this retreat, but they were on it. And it was already there. And I thanked them, right? I didn't just leave it alone. I messaged them and I was like, thank you so much for that opportunity. That's great. So uh, collaborating, background work, checking in, tapping in, seeing if this is something you thought about and maybe supporting you in ways to do it. If you you don't know how to do sliding scale, if you don't know how to do donation based. Yeah.
2: Thank you for sharing. You have a lot going on. I mean, (laughs) this is powerful like I say that in the best way not in like a passive way like knowing you you are that Aquarian energy (laughs) that creative that otherworldly and just having such a unique perspective on again how to enthusiastically Mm. reach solutions for our communities to feel safer to feel welcome and represented and like they belong in the wellness space. So it's powerful all that you are doing. And we like just like touch the surface on so many things about what you were doing. I want to kind of recap some of the things that we shared and we got to speak with Joe about today because I hope everyone takes with them that there is a sense of empowerment where we all can be a part of this conversation. We're not over here just pointing fingers and blaming and, and that it's about what do we do moving forward yeah. it is what it is and what do we do moving forward so it doesn't have to be that way forever you shared so much about our own personal empowerment of what we can do for ourselves yeah. to feel seen and supported to create that home environment where you can practice for free online and then having that courage to bring a friend and venture into the studio space if If that becomes of interest, you've been sharing about all of the tools that you can look for as far as scholarships are concerned, and calling businesses and studios forward that can afford to to fund these opportunities and to consider full scholarships and what that could do for someone. And and you shared about that personal accountability to give back that you're not just receiving this because of your skin color. There is a responsibility that you hold to pay this forward and to share this, yeah. and all of the abundance of unique ways that you can do that. You yeah. shared so many examples, and the sky's the limit. Um, I'm so excited to see everything that comes about from reimagining our wellness, mm-hmm. and I hope that this glow community can follow your journey and continue to stay in touch and see all the ways that we can support. I think one thing we we also mentioned, we actually talked about just the spreading of the good news, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like spreading the word. And so if you can't pay for a class or donate to a thing, you can share your experience and you can share encouragement. You are a business owner, a teacher, you're an entrepreneur, and I'm sure it can feel like a lonely path sometimes. I know it's felt that way on my end. And so encourage your teachers, encourage your leaders and those who are out here on the front lines shifting these conversations Mm. and these narratives so joe i'm so grateful for you and your time here on the globe podcast it was such a pleasure
0: i love talking this was the best thing to start 2024 with i love to chat
2: yes i would love to just (laughs) it'll be great it'll be we'll just like be in a little time capsule in the future. And we'll check in and just see where reimagine our wellness is knowing Mm -hmm. that it's not necessarily a linear path, but we hope to see you and your vision coming to life because community supports business support. Your students are showing up. And of course you always show up. So just wishing you the best of luck with that endeavor because it's, it's needed. Thank you for your bravery.
0: Yes, and the work is being done because this moment in and of itself is full circle.
2: Oh, you are interviewing absolutely. me.
0: This is full circle. Yes. And I'm very, very proud and honored and excited that yes, coming speaking up, standing up on a podcast, asking the questions you're asking, right? That's also yoga. That's also doing the work, right? So big full circle moment for me to be like yeah I teach yoga teacher training but like one of our graduates is having this conversation and it's wild
2: and it's beautiful it's wild it really is I'll I'll speak to that briefly just because it's it's like that speaking to that full circle moment that you just highlighted I want to trace it back because without the scholarship that I received to then do Y7's training Mm. under your leadership, Amanda, Gloria Valdez, Mm. Darby, Casey, Mm -hmm. Molly, just a beautiful cohort of phenomenal women guiding our training. I actually was then able to be able to work at GLOW as a producer here. And Mm. so I would not be in this seat today without that. So I want to thank you again for playing your role and being a part of this divine scheme that brings everything together in its, in due time and due season. And just to close, I want to invite you to share with us where you are online, where we can find you so that we can all stay in touch.
0: For sure. I am all over the internet. I've been an internet person, person, people, baby since like, before YouTube was like a thing. So, um, I am, let's start with that. I'm on YouTube and my YouTube is a yoga channel. It's a yoga studio. Um, it's yoga with Flojo, um, F L O W W J zero. Um, yes, I'm inspired by Flojo the runner them as well, just breaking all the rules. And that's exactly how I am navigating the wellness space, but I do spell it differently. So you can find me over there, Yoga with Flojo. It's free. Classes go up every week. Every week there's a new class. Um, I'm also on Instagram, uh, Flojo, F-L-O-W-W-J-0. I'm on the TikToks and those are still yoga um, based and yoga energy, yoga content. So tutorials on yoga shapes or tutorials on how to do uh, certain shapes for or restorative movements for hips and shoulders, like breaking it down a little bit more. So you'll get the classes on YouTube. You'll get more tutorials on the Instagrams and the TikToks. Um, I have a full website www.flowjo.com and it's spelled the same way everywhere across the board. Um, yeah, I have virtual classes, virtual clients. We can meet one on one. We can meet in a group setting at your job. Um, I have the for profit. I have the nonprofit. This is a full time situation, so you can reach out, Joe Murdoch at. Lojo.com and we can talk about whatever you can imagine for the wellness space and then we can manifest it um this is my nine to five my five to nine okay um and i'm i'm excited uh to to create i'm excited to be inspired i'm excited to be challenged um and i'm excited to continue creating content um that is for profit so that I can survive. That is a priority of mine. And I'm very much still excited to create for folks who are making their way up into the wellness space as practitioner and as facilitator. Thank you, Joe.
2: It's yeah. been such a gift to share this space with you.
0: Yes, it's been a pleasure. Very, very blessed and grateful.
1: Thank you to our entire team behind the scenes at GLOW. I'm so grateful for your care and commitment to serving our members around the world. Thank you to our teachers for so beautifully sharing your gifts and talents. I'm also grateful to our lovely community of GLOW members. You've supported us since 2008, and because of you, we get to continue to do the work we love. It's the combined support of our team, our teachers, and our community that grants me the privilege to continue to bring you the GLOW podcast Thank you to Lee Schneider at Red Cub Agency for production support. And the beautiful music you're hearing now is by Carrie Rodriguez and her husband, Luke Jacobs. And remember, take care of yourself because our world needs you. Thank you for coming on this journey with me. You can find The Glow Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or glo.com slash podcast, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Derek Mills.